What's going on, everybody? I hope this finds you striving and thriving and doing absolutely amazing. My name is Brian Martin. I'm a second grade teacher and host of the Teaching Champions podcast. And today we're joined by Matt Makovich. He's a high school guidance counselor, an ultra marathoner, and he's one half of M&P Presentations, which is a motivational speaking duo that travel across the country and they cultivate self-confidence and promote a positive mindset. And in this conversation, listen, as Matt dives into the importance of taking healthy risks, listen as he talks about the importance of taking care of yourself, connecting with others who have a different skill set than you, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable, and the importance of recognizing that our ordinary is extraordinary. Now, if you think someone would benefit from this episode, please share. Recently, a bunch of people have been sharing the podcast, and it's so appreciated. And when you do that, you're helping lift up the voices of people who are doing some amazing things and helping them spread their message. Don't forget also to subscribe to the podcast so that new episodes come directly to you. Now let's get into this conversation and I hope you enjoy it as much as I did. I am super excited for this episode. We have an absolute rock star. This is someone that I've been looking so forward to talk to. Today we are joined by Matt Makovich. Matt, welcome to the Teaching Champions Podcast, brother. Brian, thank you so much for having me. I feel like I'm uh, finally being called over to Johnny Carson's couch. Like, this is the moment. I've been waiting for it. I'm here. I'm honored and sincerely so thankful to be here. It really means a lot. Yeah, well, this is something that I've been meaning to do for a long time. So I'm so grateful that we're making it happen today. And for those who aren't familiar with who you are, would you mind sharing a little bit about your background? Absolutely, Brian. So ultimately, I'm just an ordinary fella. I am 37 years old, born and raised in the southwest side of Chicago, Illinois. Uh, I am a uh, husband to my beautiful wife, Bridget, of 10 years. And I am a proud, proud father of my two happy, healthy boys, Ben and Will, who are five and four years old. Uh, Aside from uh, being my ultimate role of a family man, I'm a full-time high school guidance counselor. And then on top of that, I am a motivational speaker. And uh, when I'm not in school, I love going around the country with my best buddy, Phil, and lifting up young adults and adults. And when I'm not doing that, I love hitting the running trails, my friend, and I'm a running junkie. I can officially say that, Brian, that uh, I'm under that running category, and I'm pretty darn proud to say it. Yeah, and I think that's absolutely awesome. And the energy that you bring, it, you can you can just hear it come through the microphone. And before we started taping, we talked about like the running, how important it is, but how transformational it's been in your life, and how it can creep in to your everyday being that best educator. Would you mind uh, elaborating on that a little bit? Oh, for sure. For sure. And uh, when I think of my fitness journey, when it came to my nutrition, when it came to my running, I think back to when I was in college and Brian, in complete transparency, I had a miserable diet. Uh, I was smoking cigarettes. I was not the best version of me. Happy as as could be, as I thought. Uh, But as time went on and I entered my profession And I obviously met my soon-to-be wife. I um, realized 
that I needed and wanted to make some changes. And, and I didn't know what that looked like or where that started. And uh, believe it or not, it was in 2015. I'll never forget. I'm a very big Chicago Cubs fan. And at the time, there was a manager by the name of Joe Madden who was promoting so much of a growth mindset. And on top of that, there was a pitcher in his rotation by the name of Jake Arrieta. Jake Arrieta was an individual who promoted health. Uh, he talked about Pilates. He talked about stretching. He talked about fitness. And it was at that moment, I just became so intrigued by the process of bettering myself and transforming myself physically and also with the food that I put into my body. So at that mm -hmm. time, I started picking up running a little bit here and there. And fast forward now till uh, I would say, what would that be about eight years later? I'm a father of two boys and I love running marathons and even ultra marathons. And those have definitely trickled into my role as an educator where now I feel when I come into work, because of the changes I've made nutritionally and physically, I truly feel like my most authentic self. And high school students, more than anybody, are a living, breathing radar and detector for somebody who's being genuine and authentic when they talk to them. And I'm telling you, running and improving my fitness has made me the best version of me. And that's why I feel like I love my job so much. Yeah, so that's awesome. I think that's so important. Like as we get to the New Year's, and you get so many New Year's resolutions where people, you know, they want to take care of their bodies. They want to make changes. And what are some things, some tips that you would offer? So number one is to just get started. I remember when I started getting back into my running. I ran cross country in high school, Brian, but I, I'm going to say mm -hmm. ran in quotations. I was more there for the moral support. I love the social side of it. I was the guy who, during a three-mile race, if there was a bush during that race, you could bet I'd be the guy walking behind it to catch my breath. But now, as an adult, I've realized that my biggest uh, bit of advice would be to just simply get started. Before I started running ultra miles, I, I would run a mile, I would run a block, walk a block. I would run a block, walk a block, and just take tiny, tiny steps that were enough for me. And I, and I mm -hmm. never wanted to compare myself to the progress of other people. So for, for those who are interested in getting that ball rolling and you feel like, hey, I'm just an ordinary person with a regular job and a family, how could I do this? You're listening to somebody who I'm proud to say that I did it and I'm just as ordinary. And, and it, all it all took was just taking that first step and getting out there and trying something and getting a little uncomfortable. Yes, I think that's so uh, powerful. And what I love that you just said right there is that don't fall into the comparison trap of the progress that other people are making. That, you know, cheer everybody else on, but only compete against yourself. Yes, yes, 100%, Brian. And it was throughout my journey, and I'm talking about back in 2015, I could barely run two miles, but I, I stuck with it. And then it was more along the lines of number one, not comparing myself to others, but then number two, finding my fuel as to why did I want to make these changes? Why did I want to become the best version of me? Mm -hmm. And not only was I finding out that it was helping me as an educator, but in 2017, before I found out I was becoming a father for the first time, that's when I really went all hands on deck, where it turned into upping the mileage and giving myself responsibilities 
every single day of what I wanted to do to improve my fitness. So I made sure, hey, on Monday, no matter what, we're going to get three miles done. On Tuesday, you're going to go into a weight room and you're going to stay there for 45 minutes and give it your all. So I was really holding myself accountable. I had a calendar in my office that said Operation Dad Bod, just because (laughs) I didn't want to fall into the trap of letting go of the person I really wanted to become. But it was about accountability, not comparing myself, but giving myself structure and goals that were attainable. Yes. You know what? I love how you made out a schedule and then you also gave yourself a visual with with a fun name, like Operation Dad Bot. That's pretty awesome. And I got a lot of looks from my students when they came into my office. <laughs> like, yo, Mr. Mac, what's with the uh, anti-Dad Bot uh, calendar? I said, well, you know, your boy, Mr. Mac here is going to be a father. And I said, mm-hmm. it's my choice to bring this life into this world. So damn it, it's going to be my responsibility to be the best best version of me so that baby boy could have the best father that he could possibly be. But it starts with the person that you are. And you got to take care uh, of yourself to be the best father or husband that you can. It boils down to the energy, your enthusiasm, your patience. All of that is a result of how you feel about yourself. Yes, absolutely. Now, so we were talking pre-tape that what's your big goal? Can you tell everybody what your big goal is? Absolutely, Brian. So my big goal is in October of 2024, I want to run my first 100-mile ultra marathon. No matter what, it's going to get finished. And and as I told you before we started, obviously training for a race of that stature takes a lot of time and takes a lot of commitment. I feel like I'm blessed at this point in my life with my boys being so young where they still go to bed early, they're still taking their naps where I am not missing out on the fatherhood side and the husband side of my training. So I feel like Mm -hmm. if there was ever a time in my life that I could do this at this stage, this would be it because I could give the time and energy that it demands to make sure that I accomplish this goal. And with that, you were talking about like, like the planning phase. How are you planning that out? Because I think that's, you know, any of our fitness goals, anything that we want to achieve, I think if we want to get there, we have to have a plan. We have to have steps in order to uh, really achieve that. What were some of the things that you've laid out for yourself? Totally, Brian. And it actually led me to doing something that I've been, I would say, intimidated, nervous, and anxious about doing, but I knew I had to do it to prepare for this race. And that was actually commit to a strength training plan uh, in a gym. That is something I'm not very comfortable with. I don't know my way around a weight room. I'm not going to pretend like I do. I'm basically, as once my buddy told me, he's like, you know, you're kind of like out in the ocean, just kind of swimming around. You're swimming, but you don't know where the hell you're going. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. So what I decided to do, step one of my training plan was uh, being working in a high school. I'm blessed to have so many incredible coworkers who are much more knowledgeable than I am about a number Mm -hmm. of topics. So I consulted with two of our strength conditioning teachers. And I said, gentlemen, I said, I need a plan two to three days a week. This is my goal next October. What strength training uh, exercises could I do? How much weight should I be lifting? How often? And bless these two guys. They put everything together for me. And now I've really taken that next step in my training of not just focusing on miles, which is my comfort zone. The cardio is my baby. That's my binky. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But now I have to go into a weight room to work on my squats, my bench press, my, uh, my lat pull downs, my triceps, all those things that will make me healthier and better. And I'm currently on my third and a half week of getting up before work, about 4.45, two days a week, hitting the gym, 
and mm-hmm. making sure that I'm feeling comfortable and confident in that space. So aside from big time miles, Brian, I'm proud to say that I took a healthy risk and did something I was very intimidated to do. Yes, I think that's so important, like going out of your comfort zone, taking those healthy risks, but also you connected with people that had a different skill set than you to really uh, gain wisdom from. And that's what, you know, I try and talk to my students and they're young, but all part of that, like that, that growth mindset is, you know, how can we get better at something? Sometimes it's searching out people that know more than we do. And Brian, wouldn't you say that so many adults, I feel, would look at that as a sign of weakness where you think, oh, well, I don't know how to do it. I don't want, for me, I feel like one of my strongest attributes is knowing when I don't know how to do something. Number one, I will own it and admit it. But number two, I will wholeheartedly tap into resources to get Mm -hmm. better at that. And I feel like that's important for our students to see that there's a grown man who's admitting that he doesn't know something. And number two, he would look for resources to improve. But that's what I want them to do as young adults. I feel like the truly confident people are the ones who recognize when they need help and where they could get the help. Yes, I, I think that's huge. And like you just said right there, like we model that. They need to see that. And sometimes talking and letting them know the steps that we're taking and why we're doing that is so critical. Now, one thing that that I love about like ultras and listening to many podcasts, reading many books about these people who do these insane amount of miles is the mindset that you have. I did a marathon and I almost died at the end. So, you know, there's a mindset you have to have when you're tapping in and going 30, 50 miles, talking about going 100 miles. But I think that mindset, it's just not for when you're running. You know, if we listen, if we listen to these elite athletes, there's things that we can take into our daily lives. There's things that we can teach our students about. So just a curiosity sake, when you're running that 50 mile race, that 53 miles that you've completed, you know, when you get to mile 36 and those legs I, I imagine they're starting to feel a little like concrete. Like, how do you how do you uh, keep your mind straight and focused on the goal? Well, first of all, congratulations for running that marathon because <laughs> well, that's nothing probably. to look over. That is, uh, you should be super proud of yourself because those are never easy. I don't care who you are or what you do; those are never easy. Uh, but in terms of a uh, mindset, uh, David Goggins, you know my guy mm-hmm. that I love listening to. <laughs> He, he referenced something that he calls the pain cave. When you get mm-hmm. into the pain cave, there's no way out of it, except you got to run through it. And basically, I'll never forget when I ran my first 50 miler, it was the Ice Age Trail 50 in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I'm running this race. It was basically my first ever, ever trail run. I signed up for it. I said, oh, okay, trail run. Like how? Brian, I didn't know what elevation meant. I didn't know what proper (laughs) fueling meant. But what happened was I got to mile 26 and I saw my wife for the first time and I felt like a million bucks. I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. Rich, like I'm doing it. This is great. So I had my one bottle of water, not knowing about proper fuel or anything, you know, just like, oh, we got it. But then mile 26 through 40 is where that mindset kicked in that you're talking about. So I was Mm -hmm. basically in the woods. There's no crowds. There's no nothing. The trees are blocking the sunlight. Your head is basically down the whole time looking at tree roots, branches, so you're not wiping out. So that's like a solid 14 miles of this. Mm -hmm. And it was at that point, the only thing that would keep me going, it was not music. 
It was not thinking of, okay, well, I need to get through this for my family. It was pure survival. And it was just a matter Mm of, number one, you said you were going to do this and you're going to do it. No matter how long it takes you, no matter how many times you may have to regather yourself, shift your mindset that you're in it right now and you can't back out of this. And no matter Mm -hmm. what, the feeling that I'm going to get when I'm on my couch tonight looking back at this very moment will be 100% worth it, the pain and the energy that I'm putting into it. So my mindset at that moment is strictly when I get home tonight and I tuck my boys into bed, Mm -hmm. I know for a fact that I did something that I remember was complete misery in the moment, but I didn't stop. And it's only going to make me stronger. It's only going to make me better. And uh, it's basically, it's it's an ultimate mind game of just psyching yourself up and say, there's no way out except through it. And you got to do it. Mm-hmm. Now, did you like, uh, so a couple things here. Um, I'm big on the mindset. Some because when I was younger, that's something that I really struggle with. Like I sure. see how many times I held myself back. So um, because of my mindset. So it's something that I'm super passionate about that I want to give to kids. And one thing that I hear from these great sports psychologists is they say, speak to yourself. Don't listen to yourself. And that's what I hear you talking about a little bit right there, because if you're if you're on, you know, 26 through 40, I'm sure if you listen to yourself, you're getting a whole bunch of thoughts that are telling you that, (laughs) uh, you know, we're quitting. But you know, you spoke to yourself right there. And did you actually visualize too, like that visualizing, like when you're running, like tucking your kids in? Yes, but I couldn't do it too much. Because if I got myself in that comfort zone, uh, uh, like you can't, because then I wouldn't be able to snap myself out of it. And just Uh you take yourself out of that fighting mentality. But it's just enough where that was my goal for that ice age 50, where I said I wanted to be at home by the time my boys go to bed so I could tuck them in. That was my motivation. Like that, that is what I was going to do. But uh, it was basically so much self-talk of just, um, I mean, this is hard. You mm-hmm. made this choice to do it and you have no choice but to continue to do it. And you're going to finish. That's the bottom line, no matter how hard it is. Yeah. So that's so good, man. So good. That's crazy that, uh, you know. 50 miles is a, it's a long way. So great it stuff. Was. brother. It was. Thank you. Thank you. But I know that and, there's ultra runners out there who, I mean, do 200 miles. But once again, I, I quickly realized that I never, I still never want to compare myself to anybody else or their situation. For me, that was such a massive, memorable moment where I felt like I was like next stratosphere yes. for weeks following that. Just the whole my internal cup was so full and I just felt so raw. When you finish mm-hmm. places like that, you just feel so raw, natural, and organic where everything is just in sync because you just shot your system so much. Mm-hmm. And that's what I love about it the most. Oh, that's so good. So let me ask you this because I'm loving this. Like being with the high school kids, how do you take like those things, those lessons that you've learned from mile 26 to 40 and help that high school young sophomore junior that comes into your uh, office and is having a, a tough time dealing with things? Number one, I always say, I appreciate you. Mm-hmm. Everybody needs to know that they are cared for and that they are appreciated. Number two, 
I encourage each and every one of my students to get uncomfortable in the most healthy way. Mm -hmm. If you're feeling self-doubt, if you're feeling insecure, the best way to solve it, the best way to get over that hump is to do something in your life that makes you uncomfortable and you know it, but it Mm -hmm. will undoubtedly give you a healthy outcome. Whether that's volunteering for a club or an activity by yourself, whether that's doing community service, whether that's giving a speech in front of your class. I always tell my students the importance of shocking your system, making yourself uncomfortable, because the pride and the confidence that you feel after Mm -hmm. doing something that you've always been afraid to do because it'll make you uncomfortable will pay so much dividends and will be such an investment, not only for your academic progress, but more importantly that I care about your social and emotional growth and pride that you have for yourself. That's all. That's so good. I love like pushing yourself, making yourself uncomfortable because we can learn so many new things about ourselves. If we just step outside of our comfort zone. Absolutely. And, and, and students need to see it. They Mm -hmm. can talk to you one-on-one in your office as much as possible, but what they need to see is when you're hopping around classroom to classroom, and you walk into a room in front of 30 students, I better make sure that I bring that genuine and authentic energy that I'm bringing in my office because mm-hmm. that is the stuff that creates ripples effect where they know that, okay, I can rely on this energy. I, I, I want my energy and my actions to reinforce their belief that when they get uncomfortable, they could do amazing things that they never thought were possible. Mm-hmm. That's great. Now, what do you think... Uh are some of the biggest things holding kids back right now that you see? Right now, number one, technology and social media. And I feel mm. lack of sleep and structure. I feel like uh, I'm a such a huge, huge advocate for sleep schedules mm-hmm. and making sure that I feel balanced. And I feel like the biggest thing is for a lot of our students is number one, social media is a complete monster. And I think number two, that students aren't prioritizing or put so much on their plate where they're not getting healthy sleep. And obviously I feel like when you're not getting healthy sleep, you don't feel like the best version of you, which leads to unhealthy diet choices, which leads Mm -hmm. to uh, zoning out on your phone, which leads you to being tired, workload piling up. And I just feel like the self-care side of things, Brian, is the biggest issue that I feel uh, these are things that we have in our control that we're slipping and losing sight of. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so much. uh, And that social media. Like I'm grateful, like at the second grade level that I don't have to deal with that. Like for for my students that hasn't hit them yet, but uh, man, those high school kids, I feel for them. I feel for, for all those educators out there doing great work to try and help, help those kids circumnavigate all that. For sure. And you just want to, you want to look at every high schooler in the face and say, you are wonderful and incredible the way that you are. And it traces back to the start of our conversation of never Mm -hmm comparing your own achievements to those around you. And you got to zone out the talk and just focus yes. on being the best version of you. And that's what I try to do every single day when I get into work is provide that reinforcement because not only do our high schoolers need it, adults need it. The world needs it. Everybody loves reinforcement. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that. So good, brother. You also, like you've talked about here, go around the country, you and your buddy Phil, MP presentations and give <laughs> these amazing talks to, you know, high schoolers and adults. Can you give everybody a little bit of background? Who is MP and what exactly are, are you guys doing? 
Totally, Brian. Uh, well, it's something Phil and I take a lot of pride in. We've been speaking uh, publicly and professionally now for going on 10 years, which has been absolute craziness. And it all started because an event that we went to were running low on funds and they needed two volunteers to speak. So Phil and I, not knowing each other, both raised our hand and said, yeah, we could talk with each other. We'll figure something out. We went back to my house at the time, sat at my kitchen table with a yellow pad and just started jotting out ideas about authentic beliefs Phil had, ideas that I had, what made us similar, what made us different. And for two people who look very, very different on the (laughs) surface, we tended to have uh, a ton of similar foundational beliefs and core values. Mm -hmm. What happened was after going and chaperoning a number of these events, we realized that a lot of speakers that we witnessed, which were all very powerful and impactful. There were individuals who accomplished amazing things through the roof achievements, or there were people who were really overcoming uh, a lot of difficulties. And Phil and I each looked at each other and said, what if we celebrated the fact that we were just ordinary guys who really haven't accomplished a lot for that target of the audience who needs to know that it's okay being okay. You don't need to be a gold medalist. Mm-hmm. You don't need to be chasing Hollywood. You don't need to be, but being okay with your ordinary and realizing that it's extraordinary. One thing led to another and through a number of keynotes and crowd participation, we have put together our most ideal four or five keynotes now, 10 years later that have been uh, just so memorable, memorable for us watching high schoolers step outside of their comfort zone and being the best version of themselves and taking healthy risks. And it all traces down to our core values. Yeah. So, you know, I love that tagline, be okay with your ordinary and know it's extraordinary because, you know, I think the way the world is that we make it like, if you're not LeBron James or, you know, if you're not Taylor Swift, then you're not amazing. And, uh, you know, every I look around like the people that I work with are absolutely amazing. I look at, uh, you know, I coach basketball for a long time and I look at these young men and one has his own physical therapy place in town. One's a firefighter. One just it came home on leave from being the military. All of these guys I'm so proud of and they're doing extraordinary things. So, you know, I love that message that you give. Can you dive in a little deeper into that? Like, how can I, I go and how can I encourage my kids to embrace their authentic selves? Well, and it all starts with what Phil and I call embracing the awkward. And Mm -hmm. we always tell our students, no matter your age group, awkward, embarrassing moments are bound to happen. So what Phil and I always do is when we kick off our opening keynote, we give a very clear and transparent and uncomfortable glimpse into our own high school lives and careers where we had embarrassing moments. I'm talking about high school dances. I'm talking about PE class. I'm talking about everything you could imagine. But the reason we bring those up is that we tell students, but here we are, fast forward 20 years later, we have significant others. We have families. We have jobs. Even though those moments at the time felt like they were the end of the world, they actually Mm -hmm. turned us into the people that we are. And it built us up in confidence and uh, different ways like that. So we start out by embracing the awkward. Then we focus on the positives by way of uh, doing uh, embracing awkward moments, taking healthy risks, uh, looking at a negative situation, turning it into a positive. And then Mm -hmm. lastly, recognizing through gratitude 
What ordinary things in our lives do we have that are absolutely extraordinary? What are things that we're overlooking that Mm -hmm. we have that are already blessings in our lives? And when you put all those puzzle pieces together, we say the ultimate test is when you put your head down at your pillow at night, do you feel like the best version of yourself? And if so, why? And those are the tools and tricks we give to students, plus a little more uh, during the presentations, obviously, that uh, really adds to what we call the M&P experience. I love that, man. I love that. Now, for yourself, for the adult that's listening right now, you know, talking with Phil, talking with you, you guys are very comfortable in your own skin. I've seen you guys like video clips of you guys talking. You don't hold back at all. Very entertaining and energetic. Like. How for that teachers that struggles getting up and talking in front of their peers or stepping outside of their comfort zone, how can they embrace their awkward? Get uncomfortable and learn to be comfortable with the uncomfortable. And as Mm -hmm. hard as it is, any opportunity you get to work out that muscle that you're afraid to work out, you do it. Mm -hmm. Whether it's public speaking, whether it's giving a presentation, whether it's speaking to your department, find any avenue to put yourself in a situation where you could work out that muscle. And when you're up there and when you're nervous and when you're shaking and sweating, just realize everybody in that audience could care less that you're nervous and worried. They're just so damn relieved that they're not the ones in front of the room. <laughs> so just make sure that you embrace that moment and be comfortable and be confident and just realize that you're in that position for a reason and you could handle things and you could do hard things and just get comfortable mm-hmm. being uncomfortable. And the more you work out that muscle, the easier it gets. And then not only do you benefit from it, your coworkers do. And if your coworkers do, then your students do. So it's a wonderful revolving door of embracing ordinary moments that turn to be extraordinary. Yes. So good, brother. And what's something that I've always found is we build things up inside our mind. Like this is going to be, you know, so terrifying. But when you step into the uncomfortable, you realize it's not that bad. I can do that. It's not that bad. And it's crazy to think what, what could be created between these two ears. You know what I mean? When you're really, uh, built up anxiety or anxious energy. And mm-hmm. like you said, you just got to jump into that cold swimming pool every now and then. And you won't believe the ripples of change it makes not only for you, but people in your circle. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So one of my favorite questions, buddy, as we wrap up here is what podcast recommendation do you have or a book recommendation that you have? Well, this is hysterical because you and I were talking before we <laughs> record. You referenced both of mine. So I'm not a big reader, Brian, at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely not. But I did read the book Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. And as Phil said, oh, as soon as Matt read that book, he started running 50 miles. And I guess he's <laughs> correct. So I would say that that book to me was very powerful uh, and uh-huh. it provided me with a different mindset. And then in terms of my favorite podcast, it has to be the Rich Roll podcast. I love everything about the nutrition, the physical, uh, everything you could imagine, uh, hearing from these amazing athletes. And a number of them are just ordinary individuals who are once again doing extraordinary things by getting uncomfortable. And I feel like it's very relatable and it pushes Mm -hmm. me to be the best version of myself as well. Yes. 
And I second both of those recommendations. I think there's so much to be learned from from both of those. So I love it, bud. Now, if someone wanted to connect with you, if they wanted to bring you and Phil in to speak to their students, what would be the best way? Absolutely. So if you go to mppresentations.com, you could find out everything about M&P. Phil and I, a little bit more backstory about who we are, what we speak on, and why we are so passionate and authentic about our message. And we're always looking to lift people up, Brian, having a good time, celebrating life. And we feel now more than ever, it just feels good to do good. And in order to do that, you got to be the best version of yourself. And they're There goes our nutrition, there goes our running, there goes our fitness. And it's just a perfect circle of when you feel good, you do good. And life is good as a result, my friend. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Now, if you could have the listeners walk away with one thing, what would that be? I feel that as an ordinary human being, I am blessed and lucky to know that at this stage of my life at 37, I found my fuel, which makes me feel like the best version of me. And it was through running. Mm -hmm. So what I stress to each and every one of you listening to this podcast is it is never too early and it is never too late to find that puzzle piece in your life that will make you the best husband, father, partner, educator that you possibly can. And it all starts with getting uncomfortable. And let me tell you, If I could do it, anybody could do it. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. Yes. Oh, so good, buddy. Absolutely love that. You have found that fuel. You can tell just listening to you, the message that you give off. So good, bud. And, you know, we had a fantastic conversation beforehand and we dove into some of your adventures with your family and uh, you do so good and you're such a role model. And uh, great educator, you give out a great message, and you're a great father, bud. So oh. so blessed to have you here, my friend. Brian, it means a lot, and uh, it's it's time for me to do a little reflection on you because, as I told you before, I felt that Phil was keeping you for me for a bit too long, Brian. <laughs> and when you and I met during a little M and P and under three show that we did, I was just blown away by your positivity, your authenticity. And when I got the call to be one of your guests, it really warmed my heart. And I just feel like there's such a uh, natural care about you and somebody who's just so authentic with their message. And uh, it's just an honor being here with you. And you, my friend, are the role model and the person who is consistently spreading that positivity. Please know how much it is cherished and how much it is appreciated. And uh, I appreciate all you do. And I mean it. Well, I appreciate it, brother. And uh, just a a shout out to Phil. And like we talked beforehand, while you're training for that 100-mile race, I want (laughs) Phil in that gray sweatpants riding around with a bike (laughs) in the water bottle. (laughs) I I think, you know, I need him out there, Brian. I need the support. (laughs) And we need him in a big old sweatsuit. And we're going to throw a bucket of water over his head, maybe a little Vaseline on his forehead to really cut the vibe. And we'll be good. I think he would great at that (laughs) me too appreciate (laughs) you brother all right brian this podcast is a proud member of the teach better podcast network better today better tomorrow and the podcast to get you there you can find out more at teachbetter.com slash podcast now let's get back to the episode
This conversation was so good. You can just feel the enthusiasm and energy that Matt brings. Now, this is the Teaching Champions tape, where I share three of my favorite gems from the conversation. And the first gem that I loved is how Matt talked about finding your fuel. Find what drives you, what fires you up, what ignites you, and tap into that. The second gem that I loved is how Matt said that the best way to start something new is to just get started. And he did a few other things when he was talking about just getting started. In his ultra marathons, he talked about when he first got into it, that he planned his workouts out, that he created a visual and he gave it a name, Operation Dad Bod. He talked about how he celebrated his progress and didn't compare it to the progress of others. These are all so important as we try and embrace new things, especially with the new year coming around. And the third gem that I loved is how Matt talked about realizing that your ordinary is truly extraordinary. Because too often we don't give ourselves credit. We look at the things in our lives, the talents and gifts that we have, the accomplishments that we make, and we only see them as ordinary. We see them as less at times. But always remember, your ordinary is truly extraordinary. Now, these were just a few of my favorite gems. Hit me up on social media at bmartinreal on Twitter or Teaching Champions Podcast on Instagram, and let me know what are a few of your favorite gems. A big thank you to Matt for being amazing. And a big thank you to all you for being here, for being part of the Teaching Champions community. We support, we encourage, we lift each other up. And always remember, it doesn't matter whether you're from rural America to urban America to Canada to Spain to Bahrain. We're all on that same team. We're all on that same mission. And we're always better together. Keep being amazing, my friends. And as you go out into the week, may you step into your strength. May you step into your shine. And let's build our champions up. Have a great week, everybody. 